Count me in, boys. Three, two, one. Oh, fuck Stop. It. Right. Three. <laughs> I'll start again. Fuck me. Every week. Right. Three, two, one. Feeling naughty. Blue Lift me, off. Blue, blue me. I, know, I think you could do with putting your feedback thing on. I'm just doing this for the three, two, one bit. Oh, right. It's very loud. Because I'm shouting, basically. <laughs> okay. I'm just... I'm just... where we transport you back in time as we discuss everything that made the decade great and not so great. In this episode, we'll be discussing sport in the 2000s. There were some landmark achievements in British elite sport in the noughties, from English football teams making six appearances in the showpiece spectacle of European club football, the Champions League final. Of these clubs, only Arsenal to date are yet to win it. Ah, Arsenal, the gift that keeps on giving. In athletics, world records were broken left, right and centre forming stars which would dominate their sports into the next decade. England won their first Rugby World Cup, all rides for Johnny Wilkinson's CBE. Sport isn't for everyone, but stories around sport always are. Well, luckily, I'm joined by my three good friends, Ethan, Matt and Mike, as we discuss our sporting highlights of the noughties. Hello and welcome to Feeling Naughty. This week we are talking about sport. I'm here with the boys. Boys, how are we all doing? Good, thanks, well. mate. Good. Right. Good, thank you. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> what are we drinking today, boys? Ethan? Uh, I am drinking a nice Malbec, what I got referred to, uh, a cantina. One of Michael's friends told me about it. What's this? Oh, yeah. So, so I uh, went to Waitrose to uh, purchase it. A nice £14 a bottle. I was going to oh. say, it must not be one of our friends recommending that. One of my friends recommended that to you? Who's that? Yeah, Craig. Craig. Craig-o. Craig-o. Shout out Craig-o. Yeah. Shout out Craig-o. Mm. Matt, what are you drinking this week, mate? Um, well, I'm going through my... Uh, I'm moving house, you see, so I'm going through some old alcohol. So I'm starting with some £5 corner shop Caribbean dark rum. Oh. And then I'm going to go on to pomegranate gin. So... <laughs> Uh, but it's not really gin, it's like a gin-based liqueur because it's only 15%. It sounds revolting, but it's got to go, so I'm going to drink it. Decent. And Michael, with a mouthful of crumble, crumble. What, are you, uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> right, um, I'm, I'm currently, well, I guess I'm, I am currently eating some delicious apple and raisin crumble. And I suppose I am drinking custard with it. I've also got a can of Budweiser to wash it down. Don't worry, boys, but this week I am drinking a bit of red myself, Ethan, but I've gone for a Cabernet Sauvignon. It wasn't 14 quid, because I'm not spending 14 quid on wine. Uh, but yeah, nice little red number. You inspired me last week. Lovely. Yeah. Oh. 
So this week, boys, we're talking sport. We're going to take ah. it a little bit differently how we have. So Ethan has kindly helped me out with a bit of co-hosting this week. So he's got a little bit of topics to bring up later on. Um, we're going to go around, pick our first picks of notable sporting moments or people of the decade. Then a little bit of naughty or nice. Come in with our second pick, so then handing the reins over to Ethan. Ooh, can't wait, can't wait. Lovely. Da- dangerous. Have we, have we got any feedback, chaps? Um, I've, I've had no feedback apart from three people, can you believe it, messaging saying, when's the next episode out? They've been gagging for some feeling naughty. Um, oh. All three people. But that's an all-time <laughs> high of requests, so there we go. Uh, from? I don't want to name them because they'll, they'll look proper sad. So, but we haven't. But we, obviously, we've got a fact, right? A fact from I've Peter. got. I've got yeah. some feedback first. Oh, go on. Then. Ooh, go on then. Um, I had a feedback from someone who said that they look forward to feeling naughty. This is um Mike from London, by the way, who said that they look forward to feeling naughty heavily because this is a quote: "I'm not good friends with Ethan." But I get to listen to him once a week, and that makes me very happy. <laughs> so um, you should try recording with him. Sounds like yeah. you've got. <laughs> We've been on this call for over an hour. It sounds. It sounds like you've got yourself a little fan there, mate. Listen, oh, you're listen. a man of the people. Who was man that? Who do you say provide that feedback, Michael? Mike from London. Mike from London. If you want to sit on a call for four hours, listen to these idiots talk absolute shit, and be my yeah. guest. <laughs> I say. It's the miracle of editing, basically. Right. <laughs> He's given Ethan a compliment, but you're taking it as a compliment for yourself. <laughs> Thank right? you very much. Right. I know I am brilliant at editing. So, good stuff. Any? Have we got a fact from Pete? Oh, oh, I've got, got some feedback. feedback. Uh, oh, sorry, oh, mate. Fucking hell, so much feedback. So, <clears throat> I was driving to work at 7.20 in the morning. I get a phone call from our good friend, Ross. Oh, that's early. Now, yeah, it's very early. So, of extra naughty fame. Yeah. Yes. So I'm a bit puzzled why he's calling me at 7.20. Right. Hello? Ethan, I, I've been listening to the podcast, the film podcast, and I, I have to speak to you. Right. All right, go on then. When you were talking about uh, Freddy Got Fingered, I've never seen that film before, and I got it confused with um, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> Very different films. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. And that just, cra- so, it just cracked me up. So our listeners are just as much of idiots as the people on the podcast. Oh. Bloody hell. Oh, like, oh, I don't dear. remember. Don't remember Edward's his hands wanking off a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Would have cut it right off, wouldn't he? Yeah, that was that it. Was very funny. Very I mean, to be fair, is Freddy short for Edward? No, it's not. <laughs> no. I guess. I guess it could be a name, Eddie, Fredward, possibly. Fredward, a tenuous link that he. Gets You've just created a new name, Fred. <laughs> Fredward. Have we got a fact from uh, our dear old friend Peter? We have Jingle. got a fact. Of course, we have. Um, pause for jingle. Peter's fact of the week. Anyway, right. So the fact is, I'm, I'm, basically, it's not a miracle that he pulls facts about the thing we're about to discuss. I tell him, by the way, so it's not like 
Well, he didn't last week. <laughs> he did. It was random. about technology. It was about Microsoft. It was about a quiet room. It yeah, be, but at, at Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. Some would say you need to have technology to build a room. Anyway, moving on. His fact was Michael Phelps has won more Olympic golds than Mexico. He says the American swimmer added five gold medals and silver to his collection at Rio 2016 to take his Olympic medal haul to a record-breaking 28. Pizza's fact of the week. Right, first off, I'm going to come to Matt for his first pick. Right, so I'm going to pick an individual but also kind of what this in- individual represents at the time. So I'm going to go with Lance Armstrong. Not Oh, to... I love him. Yeah, yeah. I know you're <laughs> such a big sports fan. <laughs> Not to be convinced, I was speaking to Laura about this. I was saying Glenn Armstrong, who's the person we went to school with. So, <laughs> so she was like, who's Glenn Armstrong? I was like, he, you know, he won the Tour de France. She was like, I don't think it's Glenn. I was like, oh, yes, Lance. Anyway, so Lance Armstrong, a.k.a the ultimate version of a VAR disallowed goal. I'll tell you why. Because, obviously, he won six uh, Tour de France's in a row. And then, although this didn't happen in the uh, in the noughties, famously um, stripped of absolutely every single one of those because uh, he was a lover of... Do you know, when I thought... I, I thought doping was drugs, but it's not actually drugs. It's taking blood out, sticking blood in to create some sort of... Superhuman, apparently. Well, um, you add, you add, so, I think you add more oxygen to the blood, don't you? Yeah. Total of rec- recovery. Yeah. yeah. It's a form of blood doping to mm. take blood out. I just thought you had a pill. Blood, you put more blood in. So. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> He's had a pill. But anyway, so, but before, although he didn't get caught until officially until 2013, um, I think he symbolizes. Uh, the corruption of the male athletic ego, and I'll tell you why. Because he, yeah, I know some some, some strong accusations. Deep. He's going but, big with Ross just switched off. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I'll give you another example, probably a more uh, clear example of it. People like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I'll tell you what: if you're referring to yourself as a third person, that is a trait that is specifically reserved for psychopaths. So you can put you can put you can put Lance Armstrong in that bracket. Not only did he cheat, he was an absolute ass about it, and he has shown very very little remorse since. But one of the reasons I've picked him is because who gives a shit about cycling, really? No one. But yet we all still know who Lance Armstrong is, right? It's a bit like Tiger Woods and golf at the time in the nineties. You had Michael Jordan basketball, more nineties, but Michael Jordan basketball, Tiger Woods golf. Everyone knew who Lance Armstrong was. Um, of course, we've discussed it in previous episodes. The uh, famous Live Strong ban, probably the best thing he ever did, was create a one-pound wristband. I mean, it did raise loads of money for, for charity. But if you ask me, he was just using his own illness as a shield against his doping, which is harsh, but unfortunately, ultimately fair. Wow. Um, <laughs> Jeez. So in 2004... Um, LA Confidential, not the film apparently. Um, the uh, <laughs> the the, uh, the magazine published a uh, uh, it was like almost a book length accusation uh, against uh, Lance Armstrong. And in two thousand and five, the famous uh, magazine in France, Le, Le Quip, did this posted a, a similar article. So it, he wasn't it wasn't uh, he got found out in two thousand and thirteen, but it was kind of widely 
recognised that he was probably doping way back in the mid-noughties. And one of the reasons I've picked it is because is there another sport that is just so corrupt with like doping? And it's kind of get to the point where I'm just thinking, why don't they just all say, fuck it, everyone dope and we'll see which superhuman can win. Get on with it. Mike, your pick, please, oh, my friend. Great. Listen, this... Uh, right. I'm not really into sport. Okay. No. I know that that probably makes me less of a man, less of a bloke, but if I'm being honest, this was tough for me this week, and I found it hard to get myself G'd up for it. Because I like football, and specifically I like Arsenal, but other than that, I don't even really like watching football that Arsenal aren't in. I've got no interest in the England national team, no interest in other teams, and I've got no interest in other sports. So, you know, like, there's people that are like, oh, I just love sport. I watch anything. Sport on the telly, I'll have it on. No, can't be doing with it. Can't be doing with that at all. I'm similar. I, I like very specific sporting events, like big, like I watch the Ryder Cup. I watch, like, a, a final or something, but I wouldn't watch, I couldn't put anything on apart from a Liverpool game in the, to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. I couldn't watch another team's football game. But I I'll tell you what, I couldn't watch the fucking tour de France. Swimming or if that's on, I'll watch that. <sighs> Nothing. Cricket. You watch swimming, goal if it's on TV. Yeah, I don't really watch the Olympics. I quite like the diving at the Olympics, <laughs> and I quite like the hundred meters because it's quick. That's it. I've been to yeah. see rugby live a few times. That's fun because you can have a few beers. Wouldn't watch it on the telly. Anyway, so my sporting moment is um, the 2007 boxing match between Ricky Hatton and Floyd Mayweather Jr. Did we all watch this fight? Yes, we did. We did, did, yeah. Did what? You you make it out like we watched it together, did we? No, I watched it with Ethan, I think. I did watch it with you guys. Did you not? No. We watched it in the casino, I think. You watched it in the casino. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. Because it was at like four o'clock in the morning. So you watched Mike. I'm I assuming watched... you've watched it because you picked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, please tell me what happened. You've been kind of hoping I picked up. Were you? So this was on December the eighth, two thousand and seven, uh, and was about between two of the most high-profile welterweights at that point in time. I think that's correct. I'm going to be. I'll have to yeah, Google it. Yeah, that sounds check. right. And so. <laughs> Uh, at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, so that means that it was a late one, wasn't it? Like that's an early, that's an early morning jobby. Yeah, it was a, like a, a three, four, three, four, three, four, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And you watched it in a casino. Yeah, yeah. you generous. I know. I had a um, smothered chicken straight after. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure I watched it in my university hall's common room, uh, and that's why it sticks out in my mind. As I think it was the first time I watched a late boxing match surrounded by people um and i can't really remember anything about the fight if i'm being honest uh i remember that pack no not pacquiao he was, <laughs> 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 um, he was there <laughs> <laughs> but um mayweather won on a technical knockout and i do remember him winning and i remember ricky hatton looked very sad and I had um, Domino's pizza a few hours before it, 
And I remember being really disappointed because I accidentally ordered stuffed crust and I don't like stuffed crust. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> We've got probably You really don't like analysis. Sport, <laughs> to my I like that pizza. I like that pizza. <laughs> no, I didn't like the pizza. That's the whole point. I remember Ricky Hatton because we met Ricky Hatton in a hotel in Tenerife. Who was there for that? None of you. What? No. You didn't come on that holiday? None of you? No. 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 Oh, right. Well, I met Ricky Hatton <laughs> on holiday. Might be uh, in, lie now. In Tenerife. No, this is absolutely true. Now, we stayed in... Probably why he lost, because he's a mad prick. Well, it was a few... It would have been... It would have been a year earlier than that. No, not even a year earlier than that. Uh, Two weeks before. Yeah, it would have been so that it was year. in December. Sorry, it was in December, and we went on holiday in July. So we, we saw him in July. And we were staying in a very budget hotel in Tenerife. And we were swimming out in the pool area. It's exactly like the hotel from the Inbetweeners film, when they go to wherever it is. And we look up and we're like, is that Ricky Hatton? Because he's very, uh, he's very pasty in real life. Sort of milk, milk bottle look. And uh, yeah, he was staying in the same sort of set of hotels. And he was just sat there having a beer. How would Crazy. you describe his condition? I thought he looked in good shape, if I was to be honest. Because he is notorious for fluctuating quite heavily. Mm. But wasn't that after the Mayweather fight? No, he was no, kind of, kind of in between his fights. He would let himself go a bit like um, Tyson Fury now. That mm. like they'll they'll give like some some like Floyd Mayweather, for example, who's another narcissist. If you want to get into that, but um, <laughs> uh, they, they some boxers will keep in like peak physical condition all yeah. year round, whereas the British not, just tend not, to get real fat real fat. quick. Right, moving on. Right, Ethan, your pick, please, my friend. Right, my first pick is going to be about the Beijing Olympics in 2008. Ooh, biggie. It is a biggie. Um, I'm not very into athletics. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so far, Bloom, uh, so, Matt's just annoyed with Luam Songstrong. I picked a boxing match that I don't remember anything about, and, you, and you're like... Yeah, Beijing Olympics. Don't like athletics. Moving on. Sorry, you, go on. Why, why have you picked it? I'm interested. So, um, it really came to my light that a certain man popped up on that scene and dominated the whole spectacle of the, the Olympics. Sir Chris Hoy. <laughs> no, not him. Um, Steve Redgrave? No, even Gay Ray Thomas didn't get mentioned. Um, a cyclist. Uh, I think you're going to say. I think you're going to say Mr. Mr. Bolt. Yeah. I am going to say Mr. Bolt. He um, he was the main star with his um, dab sort of pose. Was that the thing well, he was the most famous bolt. for? Well, you know, it's the lightning, lightning bolt. You say bolt. lightning bolt. Yeah, it's not a dab. Oh, was it? He wasn't dabbing. Yeah. Uh, it was a lightning bolt. Yeah, he was dabbing <laughs> before <laughs> his time. <laughs> he invented dabbing before it was invented. So, um, Great Britain had um, Good Olympics, their yeah. best in the century of medal count. They had 47 medals, which is pretty good. 
and I wanted to get a little insight of winning a gold medal so I tried to tap up some of the gold medalists through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Have you been successful? DMs. No. (laughs) 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 uh, Out of all of them, I got nothing. Who did you message? Who did you message? Uh, Nicole Cook, Rebecca Adlington. Nicole Cook uh, won the cycling women's race. Rebecca Adlington, she done the swimming. Um, Chris Hoy. Jason you, Kenny and you James direct, Stuff. tried to direct message Sir Chris Hoy asking him to come on the podcast. Facebook. No, did you just were you asking him to come on the podcast? I was uh, oh, I asked him was like we're, we're doing a podcast about sports and I would like to know what it felt like winning a gold medal. Um, Good. Could I get a a sentence or a paragraph or even come on our podcast which you <laughs> Imagine if we managed to do that. <laughs> Before we get to ten podcasts, we land Chris Hoy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love the ambition. You don't yeah. ask, you don't get, right? Exactly. 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 So yeah, all of that fell on deaf ears. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh well. What were some of the big moments of that? Um, I presume Mo Farah was running. Yeah. I think so by then. Mm-hmm. No, he was. Was he? He might have been running, but I don't think he won anything. I don't think he did win. Did he not? No. Yeah, that was that was a good Olympics for GB because that was the the ramp up to 2012, wasn't it? They wanted to yeah. get in there, so they they exceeded the expectation in the swimming and the cycling, I think. And a great mm. great uh, opening ceremony. Um, but the main event was is always the hundred meters. Usain Bolt came into play, and he uh, won the world record, which he got. It was nine point six nine seconds. Which is pretty fast. Which he's gone on but to beat since then, right? Yeah. He beat, he yes. beat her twice in the same Olympics, didn't he? I think so. Mm. Was that the, he, was the final where he was basically jogging at the end? Yeah. So this is the one, yeah. He's looking over to the camera, he's sort of slowing down, and he's smiling. That really, that that's what brought me into sort of athletics, because he was like a, a big deal. Mm. He was like one of the, he, he was like, one of it was like a superstar, celeb- yeah, superstar, like yeah. global super. Like normally, you don't really get global. You might get people on like all brand adverts, like or someone, or like people. If you win a gold medal in in the UK, you get a cert, you'll get a knighthood, for example. But he's the first proper global superstar, like well, not first proper, but of that of our of the noughties, he was the biggest. I'd say, mm. um, yeah, definitely, because well, he could dominate the whole track events. He'd, he'd smash one hundred, he'd smash two hundred, he'd smash the relay. They'd get three goals. And he was also his personality, right? Because he was just this yeah. proper, you know, cool. charismatic. Cool like, about it, wasn't it? Cool about it, yeah. I always find it weird that, why is that 100 metres like the main event? I know it's like who can run the fastest, but there are other sprint events. And there are other, like, in theory, there are other events that are kind of, I guess, more technically difficult to win. But it's like, now, nah, which bloke can leg it faster over 100 metres? That's the main event. <laughs> Bully, what's your first pick? I have gone for I've gone for a boxing match as well, Michael. So um, oh. we're, we're together yeah. on that one. Let's see who's got better insight, eh? I mean, I am I'm a fair weather boxing fan, so I'll, I'll watch the the big ones, but I'm not necessarily into it. This 
probably wasn't one of the big ones in terms of boxing quality. It was mainly the spectacle that it was. I've gone for David Hay versus Valueb. Is the he the big, that, big bloke? The reason that this looked like he... It, <laughs> the reason that I picked this is because it's basically it looks absurd. David Hay is six foot three, and Valueb is seven foot. <laughs> in total, but, there, there was a seven stone weight difference between the two of them. It looked like someone was fighting their son. Easy to um, easy to market though, because what would you market as? David versus Goliath. Yeah, nice, easy in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, what weight? What weight um, class was Hay at the time? Uh, he had moved up to heavyweight. He had dominated yeah. the cruiserweight division below that. Yeah. He moved up to heavyweight. He wanted to fight the Klitschko's. He had things set up. There were some contracts that fell apart. There was a back injury in there. But that basically tipped away. His his shot came against Valueb, who had just beaten uh, Evander Holyfield as well. Wow. And at that time, Valueb mm. had only lost one fight, mainly because he's massive. Yeah, he's so big. The thing is, he wasn't actually good at boxing. He was so big, no old fucker could get near his head. Yeah, what, um, Sorry, gone. Yeah, between them, there was nearly a hundred pounds in weight. Between rounds, Valuev would have to sit on a bar stool because he was too tall. <laughs> and if you're and if you're marking this, it is the stereotypical boxing skill. You've got David Hay, the sculpt boxer, quick, fast, punch and move, versus a huge, deformed Russian monster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what year was, was it, a, Bully? It was in 2008, I believe. Uh, no, it was 2009. I don't have to double check. Didn't write that down. It was 2009. 2009. Mm. He had a clear approach. It was hit and move because if Valuev had hit him, it would like it would be like a club had hit him. It would punch him in half. It was like a boss, wasn't it? A boss fight, and the PlayStation came. Yeah. One hit, he died. <laughs> yeah. You cannot get hit. God, you move. David Hay actually broke his hand in the second round with a with a right overhand, breaking it against Valuev's jaw. So it's it's literally up fighting a brick wall. He did win though, didn't he? Hey? He did. It was on it was yeah. on points. It was a controversial. It wasn't controversial, but it, it was fought in Germany, which German judges around the Klitschko era and value have, have have been called into sort of suspicion around how they would sort of gauge a fight. Probably mm. doping. <laughs> probably a lot. Probably a lot of money because they're, <laughs> they're all hooked up. Value yeah. is actually now a politician, and so is so is Klitschko. So they've got connections. Cool. He's a Russian politician. You know, He's probably, a Russian politician. You don't yeah. want to take your words back, Bully. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to tag him on this one. Um, David Hay, this is a quote from David Hay, not me, said that he is the ugliest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> I've watched Lord of the Rings and films that were strange people, but for a human being to look the way he does, it's pretty shocking. <laughs> Do you know what my overarching memory of that fight was? Was David Hay on... Um, on um, Lily Allen, not Lily Allen show. <laughs> Who, um, who's a scouse old man? Who, you know? No. Um, what are you talking about? I'm just what typing into Google I'm, scouse I'm, old man. I'm, 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 <laughs> not at, someone, Alan. Who? Who's um, Alan Carr? No, he's the drag acts. Paul O'Grady. Paul O'Grady. How did I get Lily Allen from that? Lily Allen. Lily Savage. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh. He was in. Um, he did an interview with Paul O'Grady, and I remember him calling him very, very bad. And that was that was when I realised like how David Hayes' approach to 
building up a fight was more akin to wrestling than boxing, wasn't it? It was more. Yeah, he, he was, was trying he was to be much... Ali almost, wasn't he? Yeah, he was trying to go on the shock tactics. So he would say all those things in press conferences, and with the following fight with the Klitschko's, he notoriously had a shirt on that had a picture of both Klitschko's or one Klitschko holding the other one's decapitated head mm. at a press mm. conference with Klitschko's children, which wasn't very well judged, I don't think. No. Yeah. In winning that fight, Dave Hay actually came the fourth British heavyweight uh, champion of the world after Bob Fitzsimmons, Simmons, Lennox Lewis, and Frank Bruno. Oh. Yeah. Mm. He rocked Value F as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he, he did, did a little skanky dance. That's probably what won it for him, though, Dave. Didn't also, um, he, called, uh, he called one of his opponents Borat, I think it was. <laughs> uh, Klitschko said he sounds like Borat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trash talking. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> uh, and then you come out to Ain't no stopping us now. We're on if, the move. If, if you watch it, it, the entrances to for both of those two fighters, it's absurd. They look so it's so low budget. It looks like they're walking in from a school hall. It's not the <laughs> it's not the a, the AJ walk out the the floor literally lifts your ten foot in the end. You got fireworks to spell your name. It's like disco lights on the floor. <laughs> it's it's absurd. And then you follow that with twelve rounds of a really big man trying to hit a little man doesn't hit him at all. And then oh points. Mm, that's boxing. Alright there, podcast listener, you've only gone and found Feeling Naughty. Give us a follow on at Feeling Naughty on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email us, it's Feeling Naughty, N O U G H T I E, at gmail.com to let us know what you got up to in the Naughties, or if you want us to talk about absolutely anything at all. Back to the boys! First, and then I'll let you know what they are. I want you to try and guess what they are. Some of them are a little bit obvious, but so the first one. Well, hold, hold on, on a minute. How is this yeah. naughty? Explain the game again. Your, is it? I want you to say whether it's naughty or nice, whether if given the chance, would you participate in this sport? Oh, okay. Right. okay. And then you're and going to tell us what the sport is. So I'm going to just describe it, I'll tell you what it is, and then naughty or nice on that, okay? Right. Good. So, Heldon Cooper's Hill near Gloucester. You run down a 200 yard long hill mm. after a round double Gloucester cheese. The local rugby team and farmers are used as catchers. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, naughty. I'm quite frail. Yeah. I, I bleed sure. easily. A double Gloucester to the face would probably end me. You should probably all not do this. This is cheese rolling. Yeah. So well, I got that from a, double Gloucester and Hill. It is down a very steep hill and people hurt themselves regularly. Oh, okay. It's Maybe a not how, you, sport. how do you win? Uh, you just got you get cheese. Mm. Like mousetrap. Do you have to eat it all? <laughs> no, it's a, excuse me. <laughs> what? It's about the size of the mirror behind you. Oh, all right. That's a big, that's a big piece of cheese. So Surely. It's too nice and naughty. Yeah, I don't think I'd actually do it, but it sounds fun. You just want to sound hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't like sport, but I'll chase after some cheese. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, then. You swim two lengths of 55 metres of water filled in a filled trench, cut through a peat bog. The quickest time wins 
You have a snorkel and flippers, but you can only swim using your flipper power. This is bog snorkeling. I've actually gone to an art installation about bog snorkeling before. That's the kind of rock star life I live. But I would not go bog snorkeling because I think you're in there with all sorts of shit, aren't you? Hence the word bog. It's a man. It's a man-made trench. So Mal, man-made. It's not yeah. like down down our local recreational park with all that rap shit. No. Yeah. You're not, you're not swimming past the trolley. No. Oh, no. I'm I'm out. So. Yeah. Naughty. But I want to hear more about this art installation. <laughs> it was just like it was just like I was made to go to the um, Tate Modern, and there was a like an it was like an artificial bog for some reason, and then it was loads of like Martin, is it Martin Parr photos of bog swimmers and stuff like. That. Okay. Alright, next one. This is a contact sport. Two teams of seven. The aim is for a single player on a fence called a raider to run into the opposing team's half of the court, tag out as many players as they can, called the defenders and return to their heart without being tackled. But all of this has to be done in a single breath. Yeah, I know. This, this is, is Kabaddi. This is Kabaddi. It's the National yeah. Football Bangladesh boys. Kabaddi, 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 Kabaddi. Yeah. Never heard I, of it. I would do it. It looks great. They're really into it in India as well. They have like, when we went to um, India, there's a, there was like the Kerala Kabaddi Championships on, but like the tickets were probably about four quid, so we sat there. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> what? It's like bulldog in, in one breath. Yeah, they've got you yeah. breathe in and then they breathe out. But they're all when they're breathing out, they're going kabaddi, kabaddi, kabaddi. And they've got to do this whole action in one breath. I've got a question. Go on. Yep. How do they know they haven't done a second breath? They take it very seriously. Have they got heart monitors or something? Breath monitors? Bloody hell, Mike. I mean, I mean, Desh, can you can you contact us? And let us know. I would just be like, <gasps> and then just a sneaky one. It's basically British Bulldog. You're like Lance Armstrong, mate. It's basically British Bulldog, isn't it? It's bull, like Bulldog. But I've completely slagged off national sport of Bangladesh, probably, but it's not like British Bulldog. But if, if you're British, that's probably what you'd compare it to. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, what we going? Michael, not your nice. Wow. No, I don't Fancy a bit of Kabaddi? But I don't, you know. Kabaddi, 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 Kabaddi. What, why do we keep having Pokemon? Well, that's what they say when they're brief, when they're when they're doing it to prove they're in one breath. They keep oh saying, right, so that's how you know. <gasps> oh, how did you? Well, you breathe in, you're, Michael. You're yeah, how'd you do it on an in breath? <laughs> no, you're not doing it when you're oh, no, breathing. No. <laughs> Tremble's gone to red, mate. If you breathe in and then just keep saying kabaddi, after a while you'll lo- keep talking and not breathe in. After a while, right, you won't be able to say okay. again. Let's see who can do the most kabaddis. <sighs> Kabaddi, 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 kabaddi. Yeah, you're out. We're cheating. He's breathing. He's breathing. There we go. We've solved the kabaddi myth. Wow, this is Michael Lewis. I mean, I don't need to do the rest of it. I just like I like that game. Right. You don't like breathing. Just breathing and saying a word. That's great fun. I'll see you next week. Okay. Right, you What do you think? You like it? You want to do a bit of kabaddi? Yeah, I've watched it on Sky Sports. It used to be on Eurostar. Decent. Not Eurostar. No, that's a train. Eurostar. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it on Eurotrash. One way straight for the tunnel. (laughs) Sorry. All right, next one. This game combines traditional pastimes, two of them. One demands mental skill, the other relies on physical skill. Played on both a board and in a ring, it's chess boxing. So you literally go round by round. So you'd have a round of chess, 
or a round of boxing, you only win by winning the game of chess by checkmate or knocking the person out. Not I'd love to play this with Michael. <laughs> hey, do you and catch hey, fuck you on chess, mate. You want no, I wouldn't. I'm rubbish at chess. I'm really, really bad. I've never beaten a. I've never beaten an adult mm. at chess. Only children. Now, or boxing. That sounds weird. I don't really <laughs> go out of my way to play children at chess. Or you, you're playing me at chess. If I was going to play, sorry, I'm rubbish at chess, but I imagine I might be slightly better at chess than I would be at boxing. But if I'm going to knock out anyone in a boxing ring, it'd probably be a chess player. So <laughs> I'm going to give this a go, nice, just to see if I could knock anyone out. Post post lockdown, Michael's a chess chess boxing chess champ. boxing. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, naughty because I would, don't want to participate in any sport where someone can legally punch me in the face. Fair I'm going to say nice. I like to take <laughs> partake in sport where people punch me in the face. I just couldn't stay calm enough. I just look like a right tit if I was a boxer because as soon as someone touched me, I'd be like really angry and then I'd be dead probably. Do they take their gloves off? To move to chess pieces or the yeah, yeah, fumble. Yes, they do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the giant chess pieces. Yeah. Fucking Harry Potter. Can I amend my answer? If I have to play against Ethan, it's naughty. I think you might be in different weight classes, Mike. Yeah, good. Oh, oh nah, we're probably all heavyweight. Yeah, all of us. All fat now. Right, the next one, last one. <laughs> You've got trampolines, you've got hoops, you've got funky American names like <laughs> Rumble, Diablos, Bouncers, Steel, Mob, and the Slater. I think I get that down wrong. It's Slamble, boys. Oh, yeah, Slamble. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Steelers are my boys. Absolute nice. <laughs> I mean, I was right. a, Billy was a mob kind of guy, but I love like the Steelers. Mob. See, as, I, as I've said in this podcast, not much of a sports watcher, but when Slam Ball was on telly, that was the best thing ever. Do you know what was really disappointing about it, though? I really liked Slam Ball, and we watched it on, was it on like Trouble or, or Bravo? Trouble TV. Trouble, Trouble, Trouble. And then I went home and Googled it, and it turns out there was one season, it was four years before we actually watched it, and it had finished. So there was like, they might have done like a second one, but it wasn't a continued thing. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to support Steelers from like next year." And I was like, oh, they don't do Slamble anymore. Slamble is amazing. They so did the Slam off. It. Do you remember that? Oh, you've already explained it. You've sort of that. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the Slam off where they had to do the best dunk? Yeah, that? Like they also had like top ten moments as well. Yeah, where they used to they used to smash each other as well. That was good. Oh yeah, great. Fantastic sport. Yeah, Bring it back. Probably can't help and safety. Yeah, I mean, there must be so many injuries in that. I've I just Googled slam ball and it's just a big ball that you seem to pick up and throw on the ground to get sore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you have to be very specific with your Google searches. But if they're keeping dancing and ice around, why can't a slam ball be around? That's logic, mate. You just logic tusk to death, eh? That's why he's good at chess. Airboxing. <laughs> right, next one. Ethan, coming to you now, mate. What's your next pick? Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Shit. 
Oh, shit. Right. My next pick is going to be a bit left, because I don't think any of the boys would have thought of this. A bit left? What does that mean? Field. A bit left field. A bit left field. So, I remember this person quite vividly because uh, I think he went viral because of what he'd done. So, the person I'm talking about is Kimbo Slice. What? <laughs> Told you it was left field. Kimbo I? Slice. I don't know uh, who that is. Kim. Uh, you do? I do. He was Mickey famous f- for doing the backyard... Like boxing, bare knuckle boxing. So it's the first, <laughs> it's the sort of first of a kind that I saw, like sort of MMA sort of fighting. He uh, he became like a, a viral sensation, well, a, a laughing stock, really. <laughs> no, he, no, he was a sensation, he definitely got known for it. Was he yeah, like a for just, really fat bloke? He, no, 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 he wasn't fat, he was, he was you know, like a really big unit. Big unit with a massive beard, and he yeah, used to just fight people in in the back garden. It was times when we went around our friend friend's house, and we used to go on the computer and just look at viral stuff. And this was one of them. Got few viruses. <laughs> so he um he had a, a big Rick Ross beard. If anyone knows hip hop. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, questionable chest hair, um, and it, then he used to like they used to fight, but it sort of seemed like he was just fighting people that he, other people that didn't want to fight him. So was it <laughs> so, was this like commission fights, or was he going around just punching people? No, no, no. It was Literally, just fair. it's it's, it's backyard just... brawling on YouTube, and it's oh, yeah, he, I remember. He, he is at, he's at, no, no wonder people didn't want to fight him. He is stacked. He is a big man. I've just googled it. He fought Ken Shamrock, the wrestler. Yeah, he, he yeah. went from he went from backyard boxing into MMA, and he he actually so, went on um he, he was signed to the UFC for a little bit. On the old, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, which yeah. is like their runoff show for for new people who are bringing in, uh, and he got handed to some absolute unit who won the show. So he did make his debut in the UFC. So he he done he done his first MMA, and um, he got uh, knocked out in fourteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was very much a, uh, a brawler and a boxer, so he wasn't used to like wrestling or jujitsu or anything like that, or any other people that didn't used to wrestle in someone's back garden. So, so he was allowed um, Kimbo Slice, and I wasn't allowed the Royal Rumble. Well, no, this is sanctioned. He's a sanctioned <laughs> sport, Michael. It's competitive. So is wrestling. It's not script. <laughs> so um, a little uh, one of his opponents little... was called Dada Five Thousand. <laughs> is that like Andre 3000 <laughs> Andre 3000 <laughs> so uh, I found a little gem um, while researching him um, before getting into FIO uh, FIO before getting into fi- fighting FIO uh, FIO mate Good old fight, right, mate. It's Michael Phelps here, and he likes to do a oh, bit of Fido. Do you want to get? Do you, do you want a Fido with me, mate? <laughs> <laughs> so before he got into Fido, uh, he was a bouncer and security guard for the porn company Reality Kings. Was he? Ooh. Great company. Never heard, of him. I don't... never heard of him, mate. Don't know <laughs> <what I'm about. laughs> Shout out Reality Kings. 
<laughs> I've never heard of him. He probably uh, went down the pan when Pornhub came around. Oh. <laughs> you can still find him. So, um, What's the end of this story? Also, um, oh, after sorry, his that first... That was it, was it? Yeah, no, no. Also, was... or, after... Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was a bouncer. He was a bouncer for reality yeah. things. Like, like, yeah. 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 I thought he was going to say, uh, also, <laughs> he knocked out a male porn star who tried to jizz on him or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to go somewhere. So carry on. Uh, that, that does sound better. <laughs> uh, no one's going to fact check it. His first fight was against a man called Big D. Yeah, I mean, these are all people that you'd find in backyard boxing. Yeah, what, Big D, dad of 5,000, one guy called Tank Abbott. Tank Abbott, Tank Abbott actually used to be a wrestler as well. Did he's, he? He's a, he is a Did he? Yeah. yeah. Tank Abbott is a. Yeah. Mm. Right then. Oh, yeah. What a legend. What he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. You kept that quiet. Oh, you've missed. Laughing at a dead man. But you've yeah. missed his career highlight. He was in the Scorpion King Three: Battle for Redemption, <laughs> and and the role is called Zulu Kondo. I can't say that was going to be a good film, but I really want to watch the Scorpion King three. Yeah, can we just talk about bad films again? It's got bully, <laughs> bully. There you go, mate. We've got Wait, a film for you. Scorpion King three's got that. Billy Zane and Ron Perlman in it. Ron Perlman, Billy Zane, and Kimbo Slice. Oh, mate, this has got to be watched. Let's just watch it now. Right, on to you, Matt. What's your pick, mate? Come on, get, so, get passionate and angry. And I am. Research. I'm not going to get angry about this. I'm going to get passionate about this. That um, football is the biggest sport in the world, right? And I would say, arguably, but probably factually as well. Um, so, would you say? Uh, just, I, I think it's clear. There's two peak games in football, like the the top games in football. One of them is the World Cup, and one of them is the Champions League. Would you boys agree with that? They're the, the pinnacle. Of, Yep, correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, well, Michael's thinking <laughs> not for Michael, <laughs> right? But anyway, so quite like I'm the old th- FA Cup. <laughs> so no, not anymore. Maybe pre World War Two. Um, so I'm going to pick a specific moment in one of the World Cups, 2006 World Cup in Germany, and it is Zinedine Zidane getting said sent off for headbutting. Um, Matarazzi. Is that how you pronounce his name? Probably. Correct. Yeah. So the reason I've gone with it is because I, I, I forgot. What the fuck was that? Bon anniversaire. Yeah. Bon anniversaire. I forgot quite how good Zinedine Zidane was until I was doing some research and then we were watching some clips. But I'll give you a bit, like, little bit of context. Zinedine Zidane is one of five, only one of five players to score in a Champions League final and a World Cup final. And not only did he pretty score in the 1998 World Cup final and pretty much single-handedly dragged, uh, although it was full of superstars, the 2006 France World Cup, it was kind of it was kind of dwindling. It wasn't what it what it what it had the, what the team had been. Um, he scored a goal in the round of the last 16. He set up the winning goal in the quarterfinal. He scored in the semi-final and he scored a penalty in the final. And it was the last game of his career. He was not going to play a game before. He was going out at the peak of his powers. And how did he... He decided to go out. He could have chosen not to headbutt someone. 
but it's still <laughs> been disputed how, like what the person said but Matt, Matt Ratsy has later said that he he Zidane said I'm going to if you want my shirt so bad after the game, you can have it. And apparently he replied to that saying, I'd rather your sister. And Zidane just thought, do you know what? Last game, World Cup final, extra time, you're getting fucking nutted in the chest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that's, and, that's what, and that's what he did. And uh, uh, for me, it just represents a, a, a man who just thought, I've already won this competition you know, I've won the Champions League. I've won everything that I've won the Liga. I've won Syria. I've won the Ballon d'Or. I've been the best player in the world. This is the last game. I probably I would have taken a penalty if it got to penalties, but fuck it. Someone's just slagged off my sister, so I'm nutting him and walking off. And nice. infamous. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there's still disputes whether or not uh, France would have won that because he would have definitely taken a penalty and, and they lost it in a penalty shootout. Um, but it, it, I can't think of another sporting moment in one of those two competitions, so a World Cup final or a um, or a Champions League final that is quite so dramatic. There's been things like I'm a Liverpool fan, like the Carriers cock-ups, and there's been other things in that. But for a player to make that decision, he's quite cool. But if you watch it back, it's not like it. Some people do things in a split decision. He's taken a good five seconds to cool down and think, nah, you're getting nutted for what you just said. <laughs> um, and yeah, you've got, to you've got to respect the man. He walks off. Um, and he, he, until about four years ago, he, he kept saying he didn't regret it. He was like, nah, I've already got a World Cup medal. Now I've got silver. I mean, it was a weird reaction as well. Because normally, in the heat of the argument, a, a footballer might grab, grab a throat, grab a shirt, push him. But he went straight for the headbutt to the chest. Yeah. Yeah. He's it a, looks he... like it hurts and so often in football players are accused of play acting going down like too easily like the slightest of brush like nose to nose slight movement of the head oh I'm down on the floor crying but that looks like it hurts yeah. it looks what like hurt? a man who's put his entire body weight behind his he's got a thick bald head straight into the chest yeah when you, when you have a torpedo to the chest you're going to go down like what Matarazzi did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, that was a weird final because Zidane did score a penalty to start as well in that final. And then Matarazzi also scored as well. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they both scored. And also, it, I think it's quite rare in football these days um, that someone would retire. Normally, you'd, I think if Zidane was about now, maybe you'd go to like the MLS or maybe you'd go to Japan or a payday in Russia. But he was literally... He could have carried on playing for three or four years. He, it was his decision to go out, and it was his decision to go out like that. So, um, captain in his country and uh, nutting an Italian. So, <laughs> it, it's quite a weird place to nut someone, isn't it? Which I did a bit yeah. of research, and he had a pretty. Um, he grew up in not not the nicest of areas, um, and it like it, it basically insinuates that he's quite was quite known for being a a hard man. But you wouldn't know that from his style of play was completely the opposite. Yeah. Um, and he never really showed too much anger until his very last moment. And um, and it just provided us with some of the greatest videos of internet history. Of <laughs> Matarazzi going down. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was, that, was, that was my pick. Nice. I would uh, love to headbutt Michael in the chest. But I, can't fi- I can't find his chest. What? <laughs> I think 
think you, I no. think he would go down like that, Raptor, as well. Yeah, and I'd like to That's say good. I'd also like to headbutt Ethan in his chest, but I can't find it. Behind his tits. And bully, what is your final pick? I've gone for something that we all mentioned in our group chat, but none of us actually know anything about it because we're not really massive rugby fans, are we? But it is a massive part of the noughties. It's the 2003 Rugby World Cup final. Basically, oh, the, yeah. Of, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. tournament where Johnny kicks a ball. Mm. I lo- oh, I remember. Oh, I love it when Johnny kicks a ball. He loves a Big J. Johnny, and it was yeah. against Australia, wasn't it? It was against Australia and in I, Australia I, on their turf. <laughs> Aussies, if you are listening, your boys took one hell of a beating. Yeah, I think it's a shame because I, I really like Australian people. I think <laughs> so, um, and it was in their turf as well, which was a shame, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. Yeah. Their faces in it. Two thousand and three. Yeah. Yep. And it was Correct. on a Sunday morning or evening. It must have been evening. In the morning. Morning. Yeah. Morning, I would say, yeah. Yes, because they are famously quite behind us. <laughs> I was about, I was about to say it must have been in the morning because I had, I was about to say I must have been in the morning because I had a bath after, but I realised it. I can have baths. That's the, that's what I remember. About it. I always get, I always get confused because we had a, there was another rugby world cup a few years later, weren't there? Yeah, every and four I remember, years, Mike. Yeah. I remember watching a game of rugby at the pub, and I remember us going out of the world cup. Did yeah, we go oh, out against South Africa or the, the final. Aussies That's again? Did we get to the final, final again? Final, yeah. Who were we playing? South Africa. South Africa. And we lost. And I remember watching that at the pub, but I get confused between the two. But I do remember it because I remember it was a Sunday morning and my mum was doing the ironing. <laughs> and I had a bath after. Shut up, mummy cotter. Yeah. And uh, go on then, tell us. About, sorry, Matt. I'm sorry, bully. Stepping <laughs> on your toes, mate. A little bit, yeah. So famously, Johnny won it for us with a drop kick in the final minute of extra time. We were leading at half time, so typical English English sport, we let a lead slip. Uh, that was the first and only European team to win the Rugby World Cup. Um, a bit like us, France are notorious runners up, so we both finished runners up three times. Uh, like I said, England were winning at half time, fourteen five. It was like we only scored, there was only two tries in that final, one each, and then it was just a shit ton of kicking, baby. So, so what? no other Northern Hemisphere team has won the World Cup. Nope. Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. South Africa. It's the only fucking thing they're good at, though, isn't it? Was it a guy it. called Rob Robertson who scored a try as a winger? Jason Robinson. Jason Robinson. Jason Robinson. Yes. Close. Yeah. He was. He was the one that scored the try. Then was he? He was left yeah. back, wasn't he? I. He, <laughs> I remember him. Left so, wing. So, yeah. <laughs> Played, I remember him being on the left-hand side. There's so many people that, that we know who are really into sport who are just going to be listening to this podcast just like, this is absolute the pits. <laughs> yes, remember that player, Robertson? He was on one of the sides and he had the ball in his hands and he popped it down. It was an early try, though. I remember that being very exciting. It, uh, so it, if it went to... Uh, it must be quite rare that, that rugby games go to extra time because there can't be many draws, right? So one, I remember yeah, it being one, very one exciting. Two, yeah, it was. It was um, I, I mean, I don't know. I've not done a lot of research. I don't know what would have happened had Johnny not made that kick. With, what, is there a penalty shoot? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there penalty is. Penalty shoot out. Is it? Yeah, I think you you basically kick kick it over the 
the posts. Did it come? Did it become, <laughs> go on, Michael. <laughs> is it like? Is it become basketball like a game of hall? Johnny goes first. Does. The other guy goes last. I've got a feeling it, it is. Yeah, I think it is. Drop whatever it's called. Conversion. Drop ball. Goal. Is it not oh, biggest oh, ruck wins? <laughs> Conversion off. What? Best scrum. <laughs> Strongest scrum. Scrum off. Best looking team. Is there any? Is there any more, anything else about the Rugby World Cup? So final, I was just really? that, last, that last, No, it's just that final, really. Because it, 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 we were a notorious kicking team at that point. There wasn't a lot of ball in hand running. So at 17 all, England got the ball from the restart, won the following line out, and advanced deep into the Aussie territory after Matt mm, Dawson. Deep. Shout out Matt Dawson. Line break. 20 second, 26 seconds left on the clock. Johnny kicks for goal. England win. Have it, Aussies. Oosh. Oh, oh. I rem- Swing I- low. We did actually get a national holiday. Hold on a minute. A I don't holiday, remember having a day off. Well, because uh, I don't think we were working, mate, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, but school. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, I've just, I've just, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the World Cup. We beat Uruguay 111 13. Yeah, they're not, they're not notoriously good at rugby, the old Uruguayans. And also. Basically, no one seems to have done anything point-wise apart from Wilkinson kicking. Yeah, yeah. a notorious kicking team at that point. And I do recall, uh, that's something that's quite good about rugby, in it is that it is, because it's a slower pace, there's a sort of tactical element. And I remember, you know, when that line-out was going to be taken, it was very kind of clear that that was going to be the plan, you know, that get it to, to Wilkinson and he'll kick it. And yeah. he was so good at kicking that he, you know, anywhere inside the opposing team's half, he could hit a drop goal, couldn't he? He, so. he could kick a penalty beyond the half. He had actually attempted two drop kicks in that game and missed both of them before that as well. Oh, right. Even more. He excited. did add, also have an advert with David Beckham, didn't he? He did. Well, he was sort of being portrayed as the rugby's version of David Beckham, wasn't he, at the time? He was a bit of a heartthrob. Do you remember our PE teacher had an obsession with him? Just no, who, okay. Mr. Smith? <laughs> no, not Mr. Smith. Um, Miss Reed? Miss mm, Reed. Oh, Ethan. <laughs> she, she was hot. Uh, she was just young. A female. It's, again, guess... it's, it's like that scene in the in-betweeners. Like, she is fit. It's like, she's not. She's just under 40. <laughs> <laughs> all, I do, all I remember is that Generally speaking, at school, because what time of year would it would it been? Because we were still at school. What, what was it? It's in the winter, isn't it? The yeah, Rugby World Cup. Yeah, uh, from Frimley as well. Old Johnny Wilkinson. Is, is he? Is he? Is he? Yeah. I'll have a look out for him tomorrow. Ethan, <laughs> 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 you should have DM'd him. Yeah. Oi, mate, you're from Frimley, you? aren't you? You've been to fucking Joe Bananas. <laughs> Um, no, what was I going to say? When was it? Let's just—I'm pretty sure it's at school because I pretty. Um, whenever it was, when 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 it was on, I remember like in the the in the in the sports field at lunchtime, loads of people trying to play like rugby in full school uniform, like because it, all of a sudden people were well into it. Yeah, I hated rugby at school. I hated anyone trying to hurt me, and that was basically what. Well, rugby was. out of the four of us, well, none of us were built for rugby in the slightest. Hang about no. no. Was I was quite fast, but I didn't like going near the ball, which was yeah, a problem. Yeah, it was the tackling and the running with the ball part that was scary. No, I didn't go near anyone with the ball thin. or take the ball, so I never got tackled or did any tackling. 
I was done with rugby uh, after we got into a scrum and one of our friends ripped all my armpit hair off. So I came out of the scrum, called him a cunt, and then our PE teacher made me have to leave the pitch and I went and kicked the ball in an empty goal on the AstroTurf. Nice. Never played it since. I didn't really know the rules. No. I just... It, it, it wasn't... I mean, sport back then in school, we weren't really taught many rules about anything. This is rugby. No, you weren't. You weren't. Maybe a tag rugby. Nah, any sport where you can't pass the ball forward, fuck off. So that's it for season one, boys. How does that feel? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had a very enjoyable time recording these. Um, I've reached out to some of our uh, key listeners um, and for all their feedback. And oh, well, actually, about We've seven got people. Six followers on Twitter, Michael. And two hundred and something on Instagram, albeit only five did give me feedback. But hey, it's feedback nonetheless. And they gave me a bit of an update of their favourite moments from season one. Before I delve into that, I mean, you probably aren't going to remember what we've talked about uh, if if history's got anything to go by. But any specific standout memories of season one? Go on, bully. I I'm a big fan of Ethan's nobbing story with the nip tuck. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, okay, great. Any anyone anyone else? Not a nobbing. Basically even referencing nobbing. Yeah. Mike, any standout moments for you for well, season one? Obviously I've done the vast majority of the editing of season one, so um I've been <laughs> So that's your favourite bit editing no, rather than actually <laughs> cutting all of our shit out. No, I was just going to say there's been a few bits that have obviously been that have really made me laugh while doing it. Uh, one of the early ones <laughs> was uh uh, was Matt saying, I'm not a pervert, and then I very much enjoyed cutting that, so he said, I'm a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the highlight of, of the whole process for me, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, he, and, and the bit where... No, no, that's not. I am a pervert, by the way, but go on, Ethan, next. Have you got any, um, <laughs> any standout moments for season one? No, not really. Do you think, I mean, season one. We have to get. Do we have to get? We have to get over ourselves, don't we? Really, season one, season two. Who do we think we are? We're, we're slowly building ourselves up because when yeah. we get to season twenty-three, <laughs> that's when the mega buds are coming in. Yeah. When, when we've already left, but we're coming back for that season. Yeah. Exactly. It's like Geordie Shaw. Mm. When the when when the the, the um, Twitter Twitter followers has gone down to four, um, us. So, yeah. right, I've got some thank yous. Before I go into my memorable moments, just got some thank yous. I want to say a big thank you to Mary. Um, I hope season one had enough poppycock for you. Um, so, there you go, Mary. You're not listening because we know you don't like us, but whatever. Peter, what a man. Amazing facts. Um, and who knows, he might be back for season two. We don't, we know, we don't want to spoil that for you. Um, Christine from Surrey. Great. Good, fee- good feedback, Christine. Excellent. Lovely spag bow, I've heard. Lovely spank bowl. Um, Henry the intern, no longer an intern. Henry the unemployed. But thank you for all the all the uh, feedback and uh, links to the elderly you provided us. Um, quite a few people give us constant feedback on uh, social media, so I'll call them out. Ross, our friend Ross, um, Matt from Hampshire, uh, lady called Hayley and our, our good friend Mark, they're constantly uh, tweeting us and not tweeting us, probably no one tweets us, but um, no, no commenting on Instagram. So thank oh, from you from the Blazing that. Boys. Yeah, big, big shout out to the Blazing Squad. <laughs> oh yeah, team. how could we forget? 
the blazing boys um last out i've gone to all the people mentioned above and i've asked them what's your what are your favorite bits for season one um mainly this is from henry the intern or henry the unemployed but he's um there's uh, but there's a combination of things that people have said so funny enough billy number one pick picked by you <laughs> and two others is ethan's nobbing story about nick no and also the fact at uh, the story about the paedophile in the face. I can't quite remember what that was about. Sorry? But... Paedophile? The paedophile in what? So uh, someone said the story about the paedophiles, someone giving a paedophile's face in Nip Tuck. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Right. yes. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Um, <laughs> I don't remember leaving. <laughs> what, what, what have we accidentally recorded? Um, I told you to edit that. <laughs> Uh, Mike's um, story about dancing to Nelly, hot in here. Uh, that's made it into the top picks. Bully superhero, naughty or nice. We got more. Ethan's explanation of jumper, jumping from place to place. That's made it in with there. Consequences. With consequences. <laughs> jumping with consequences. Um, Mike's realization that he had an awful dress sense. That's 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 got to mention. And Bloomy's hate of the paperclip man and love of Windows XP. Uh, who who doesn't love a good operating system? So thanks everyone uh, for listening to season one. Uh, we don't know when we're going to be back for season two. Mike's having a baby. I'm moving out. Um, Ethan, bully, you doing anything interesting? Just hanging around, nah, just waiting for around. lockdown wait, to end. Wait for you to wash pick up, washing my eyebrows. Yeah. What's so uh, that was it. I just want to make it clear: I'm not having a baby myself. No, but it is 2021, so you know we won't be judging you if you were. <laughs> cheers guys thanks everyone peace and love cheers guys